Hey, welcome back from the holiday. How you feeling, Turkey? <laughs> hey, guys. Oh, man. That's great. That's great. That's I worked no, all the, week on that one. The turkeys are all dead. <laughs> oh. but, but we ate. Well, anyway, we've got a great uh, program uh, lined up for you. We, we start with a little something about AT&T. Perhaps you didn't know. They're spying on millions of Americans with the federal government. Uh, no thank you, AT&T. No thank you. Uh, also, uh, a little on Dolly Parton. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, something had to be said. Uh, we will talk to you about what's happening with Hamas. We'll talk to you about what's happening in Argentina. There is a wave that is coming. Uh, will it happen in America? We talk about that and so much more on today's podcast brought to you by Relief Factor. Look, if you live in pain every day, I know you probably think you've tried everything, but have you tried Relief Factor? I tried everything to get my pain to go away. And I'm... I'm sure you have as well, all the stuff that you think. This is one that I didn't think would work, but my wife made me try it. It's a daily supplement that helps your body fight pain, fight inflammation. It's 100% drug-free, developed by doctors to reduce or eliminate pain. Over a million people now have tried Relief Factor's Quick Start Kit, and 70% of them have gone on to order again and again. See how Relief Factor can help you with their three-week quick start kit. 1995 comes with Relief Factor's Feel Better or Your Money Back Guarantee, so give it a try. Visit relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. 800, the number four relief, relieffactor.com. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Lots of lots of stuff uh, going on. A lot of stuff with the border. Hey, here's one. Um, there's a surveillance program that affects anyone who has AT&T's phone network. So we're talking very few people. Very few. AT&T is, uh, is part of something called the Data Analytical Services, or DAS. And it's coordinated with federal and local law enforcement agencies. And here's what it does. They have been secretly collecting and analyzing over a trillion domestic phone records. One trillion. And they do that every year. If you have AT&T... You're being snooped on by the federal government. It used to be called Hemisphere, and it's run by AT&T in, coordinated, in coordination with different agencies. Now, Congress just uh, found out about this, uh-huh, and uh, they're going to do something about it. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, may I just, let I me mean, just, I'll just throw this in. It's not a commercial. Patriot Mobile. Um. This is what it does. It goes after anybody who has in been, been in direct contact with a criminal suspect and anyone else who has had communication with them. So some guy that you don't know called somebody who's a criminal of any sort. That's recorded. Then that guy calls 
somebody else and somebody else calls somebody else and that somebody else calls you. That's the chain. All of your records. They're tying everyone together, which I think is good. Um, You know, Kevin Bacon, I mean, we'll finally have absolute proof that it is seven phone calls away to Kevin Bacon. (laughs) So we got that going for us. Again, that's an AT&T thing. Uh, When it comes to the hostages, well, we got one. Maybe we can maybe we can get the other 12, but we got one. And Biden is working really super, super, super hard. But let's remember, it's the Palestinians that want a two state solution or the exact opposite of that. There is a new um, poll out. It was taken November 14th. By a West Bank polling firm, they asked Palestinians in Gaza and the West Bank what kind of state they would like to establish. One state for two peoples garnered the support of 5.4%. Two-state solution was supported by a whopping 17%. But the clear winner with 74.7% was a Palestinian state from the river to the sea. So, who wants that two-state solution? Well, they could put maybe they could put it in the other the Israeli state in the ocean, like on a barge or something. I mean, they just that said from option. the river to the sea, right? And they could be in the river too, right? You know what That's I mean? Right? Maybe they like a little just dump all their bodies like in the river, a casino boat. Oh, because oh, you're saying yeah, it, that we shouldn't kill them? Oh, I, yeah, because that's. I mean, I don't know if well, that's I'm just saying the option technically, here. They, uh, with, when they say from the river to the sea, it's okay. actually Glenn, an aspirational f- phrase uh, that mm-hmm. means freedom mm-hmm. for all, according oh. to uh, oh, according our friend. To, yeah, uh, in in the in the gov- in our government in in Congress, Rashida Tlaib. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure Rashida it's an Tlaib's aspirational an, okay. phrase. Aspirational, oh. right? Right. Is that like G? I uh, let's fire the ovens back up in Auschwitz. Is that kind of the same kind of aspirational kind of? It does make you think about does, what they're aspiring to. Yes, it does, it does. make you it want to have the other yes, side of that. Yes, uh, two men were accused of of spying for Israel. They were uh, Gazans, the West Bank. Friday night, their bodies. Were found, um, well, not exactly found. Everybody knew right where they were. They, they were uh, shot by Palestinian groups and a Palestinian journalist who anonymously has let this out, has provided uh, details. Apparently, uh, they were um, drugged through the streets. Uh, the Palestinians in the streets then just kicked their bodies uh, with with everybody else just uh, you know recording it on their phone, uh, then they were well they were stomped on and then they were hung up from an electrical tower, and then uh, you know then they were dumped in a waste container. So I didn't hear any. I've heard a lot of stories about uh, Gazan citizens uh, dying 
It's been on the news yeah. a lot, but those two, those really two, I haven't covered. No, you, no they haven't. No, they haven't really. Uh, mm. By the way, U.S. destroyer took five individuals into custody yesterday as they attempted a terrorist hijacking of an Israeli-owned tanker in the Gulf of Aden. They also responded to the not only distress call but the uh, Houthis, which don't even mess with them. Don't even mess with them. The Houthis. Iranian-backed, fired two ballistic missiles at the destroyer uh, right as they were going to respond to that pirate hijacking or or whatever. You know, we have to brush up on our pirate terms. Uh, It's been a while. It's been a while since we've really had to talk about pirates. And what what, what is it when a pirate takes over a, a ship? What do you... Ever since Johnny Depp's gone through his problems, I've lost. Right. The, I've lost the plot on that one. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so Seattle, they had their Christmas tree lighting. Surprised they even have Christmas in Seattle anymore. Um, but uh, Antifa and pro-Palestinian activists were there to vandalize uh, the uh, local stores and uh, and quote uh, light the tree. I think they might have thought it was a, a little uh, different kind of tree lighting. Um, it, this happened in New York as well. The public library now seventy five thousand dollars just to just to clean up after the vandalism of the uh, the uh, protesters, which is you know no big deal. Hey, the Prime Minister of Ireland has just welcomed home uh, their hostage, nine year old Israeli hostage. Um, kidnapped by Hamas and taken as hostage, turned nine while in uh, while in captivity there for what, what was it, 50 days, something like that. Um, he came out and he said, this is a, an enormous day of joy and relief for Emily Hand and her family, an innocent child who was lost and now been found and returned. As we breathe a massive sigh of relief, our prayers have been answered. Uh, that's the prime minister of now. I don't think she wandered off into the woods. No, no, I don't. I, I mean, I could be wrong, um, but uh, she has been lost. Then she was found and returned. Uh, so like a lost puppy, like a lost, you know, puppy. sometimes the puppy, you let them out to go pee pee. Mm-hmm. They run away. You find them at a park. To Emily? Uh, who knows? That may have been it. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. She was, no. she was kidnapped by terrorists i particularly love how they're basically trying to cover this like it's a reality show reunion where they're like oh and then the swelling music comes up and look hamas these lovely hamas people are dropping off these lost citizens back to israel Mm. what a wonderful thing hamas is doing for the jews they just love the jews so much they're returning these people who had wandered off (laughs) and what a it's like those soldiers coming home videos you know when like they're they're at their basketball game and the referee comes out oh my gosh it's really his dad oh it's like these (laughs) one and the music swells up and then they give a bunch of money to charity to i don't know what's going to happen next every little piece of this is playing out like it's this cheesy schlocky reality show it's like these people uh, the the four-year-old that was taken Mm -hmm. um uh, which is an american American, Mm -hmm. um, just again thrilled 
that thrilled. she is has been returned. Yes, and they're like they're but but they're treating it like oh wow that was really nice of Hamas to drop off this four year old who was lost wandering in the park. And in reality, she was in her father's hands as he was shot in the head. Her mother, her mother, also murdered. She escaped, went next door, and that wasn't the end of her story because then she was taken prisoner next door. They kidnapped the entire family and brought them over to Gaza. So they mur- now she comes back to nothing. Her pa- her family has been murdered. Wow. Well, wow, listen, like, oh, listen to the way this. Listen to the way this. Thank you, Hamas. Oh, that's so nice. Journalist of you. Yeah. will frame this. What was it? She was. Here's here's her the parents story. Parents were murdered, is what it was. Her parents were found dead in their home. She luckily <laughs> found they were she wandered was, off. Oh. Where a group of Palestinians. Oh wow. Gathered her and the family next door. They didn't know what was going on, and they rushed them to safety. And now she's been returned. In a hospital, probably, too. They probably rushed her to exactly safety right. in a hospital. Exactly That right. doesn't seem to have a lot of medical My. equipment, but does have a lot of firearms. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that. Well, firearms are a big cause of medical problems. Right. So, so I mean, if you're going to have firearms, have them at the hospital. Okay, so <laughs> you can take care of everything. Uh, this is the best of the Glenn Beck program. So Argentina had their uh, runoff election. And... The news is stunning. Javier uh, Malay, is that how you say his name? He was, uh, he was elected as Argentina's next president. He is a libertarian. He is uh, the exact opposite of really anything, any kind of politician that we have seen here that is even close uh, to uh, being president of the United States, even Donald Trump. Donald Trump still plays within mm, some of the norms. Uh, he is often compared, this guy uh, in Argentina is often compared to Donald Trump, but I, I don't think they're comparable. I think just because he's outspoken. Like, yeah. like that seems to be the, the largest similarity there, right? Like he's super outspoken. But he, he describes himself as an anarcho-capitalist, which is not how Donald Trump would describe himself no, at all. Not at all. Um, he is going to uh, get rid of the. This is what he says he's going to do: get rid of the peso because it's falling, and he's going to put the dollar in. Good luck with that one. Um, he is also getting rid of their Federal Reserve Bank. He's getting rid of hundreds of programs he is just going to cut this government to the bone have you seen the video of him walking in front yeah. of the whiteboard and he's just pulling off the stickers of all the different agencies like the department of families and <laughs> health god like every single one he's just pulling off and throwing it away now look is he going to do those things hopes i hope so probably a lot of those agencies are incredibly pointless just as they are here now not knowing the full story of the structure of the argentinian government i'm going a little bit on um i'm, I'm uh, guesswork there but i mean I every government you, is like that especially in south america i will bet you that uh art laffer would like this guy we should call art laffer because he knows argentina mm-hmm. real oh, yeah, well yeah. he mm-hmm. he did this back in the 80s argentina always you know succeeds becomes wealthy and then goes to socialism and destroys itself yeah. and then you know goes back to its roots and then it destroys itself um uh, so he did that in the 80s he restored it in the 1980s well they're back but i mean look the the promise is high here i just i do hesitate 
you know, he, there's a lot of ifs that could happen here, right? Like, I don't know everything about this guy. Who knows what he, what policy he actually in, in implements when he's in office? What crazy thing we don't know about him? Who knows? He, he at some level, he's still a South American politician. So I'm going to hold out hope. But the things but he said are really good, really positive. If he actually does them, if uh, if they work, it could be a, an incredible thing. I mean, you know, it, it might inspire countries all in the region and all over the world to replicate that process so there's really high hopes for someone who would come in and actually do this stuff. you know what's really interesting is how cautious people are on on saying i like this guy i don't know i don't know enough about him yeah i like what he says so far of what i've heard what i've heard has been very good i don't know same thing with gert wielders gert wielders could become the next prime minister the next Dutch prime minister. Now, he's just won a massive election. He didn't win enough seats to become prime minister. But if he cobbles together a few more seats, he he may become prime minister. This is a guy who's been on this show. And we were told by everybody, don't have him on. He's, yeah, he's too bad. He's too he's bad. Too he's bad. too dangerous. He says and bad things. We thought he was delightful, at least well, in the interview. He was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Seemed fine in the yeah. interview. Yeah. So. But we always have to say, well, but I'm not sure. But do you ever hear anybody backpedaling on Justin Trudeau? No, 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 they never do. I mean, the things that that guy has done Mm -hmm. and nobody ever says, well, I don't agree with everything. He's he's not a bad. It's not a bad thing. But I think I don't know. I I hold myself to a higher standard than the left holds themselves. So so I hope hope that we would have higher standards than them. Yeah. I I don't have a, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. I just, I do have a problem with it. Doesn't matter what you do on the left. Doesn't matter. If you turn into a Castro or a Stalin, it doesn't matter. Apparently you can kidnap and murder thousands of people and you'll still get cheered on by, by these people. Uh, on the left and and you know this the situation is you know with um, i don't know as a conservative like we talk about principle a lot i do think it's important and i'm much i'm much i'm happy to criticize someone who's supposedly on the right if they're wrong if they're wrong right like i just don't want to stand by them just because they they align themselves with my general political outlook but that is not how the left operates and you know you can make the argument that politically you know, in a pragmatic uh, uh, political sense, you know, where the ends justify the means, that's the right approach. I just, that's not how I look at the world. I don't think that's how you look at the world. And I don't think that's how most conservatives look at the world, maybe to our detriment when it comes to winning and losing sometimes, but it's okay. So there's two people now that the press say out of control, these guys are worse than Hitler. Okay. Guy in Argentina and Gert Wilders. They may end up being that. I don't think so, but they might. I don't know. It's not my country, so I don't follow them as closely. Um, however, I might be for them. Kind of, I hate to say that because I don't know enough about them. But what I see, I like. However, they might go bad. Mm-hmm. But here's what you should take away from all of this uh, movement politically, because it's happening in Europe and it's happening in South America. It is moving away hard from the left and going right in the case of Argentina, uh, small government, right? I mean, very small libertarian, right? And everybody is losing their minds. A libertarian government is not powerful enough to make you do anything. 
That's the good thing about small government. It can never really harm you. It's not spying on you because it's not big enough. These guys, if they work, this is going to be a huge move uh, for the world back to more freedom and common sense. Gerd Wielders won. You know, why? Because of immigration. The Dutch are tired of having people just rape their daughters, kill on the street and no ramification, no ramification. You don't have to the you know, when when you go over to Sweden, uh, you go spend any time in the Norwegian uh, countries, you will see how accepting they are, how loving they are. But it is a very, very um, non-diverse population until recently. And now the non-diverse population coming up from the Middle East doesn't want to be Swedish. They don't want to be Dutch. They, they don't care. They want the free stuff, but they'll have their own no-go zones. They'll have their own communities. And it's not a part of that culture. Everybody has turned a blind eye. You're now seeing the immigration be a problem all through Europe. You're going to see it as a problem here in America soon. I mean, I can't believe how much has changed in uh, on our border. And relatively, nobody's talking about it. That's one of the biggest changes in my lifetime. And nobody's really talking about it. When that poses a problem, when we start to have terror attacks or whatever, we start to collapse our economy because we're we're overrun with this in this lifeboat called America. There are too many people trying to get into the boat. Then then you really have problems. So I'm I'm glad to see that before things catch completely on fire over in Europe. And in South America, there's a couple of places that may turn things around. Yeah. And I think, too, this idea that maybe turning, just leaning air on the side of liberty. Yes. That's what's encouraging about the guy in Argentina, Malay, for, for me, is that, like, he might, look, we, we all know Ronald Reagan wanted to get rid of the Department of Education. He wasn't able to do it. And the Fed. Um, will, will this guy be able to get rid of all these agencies he pulled off as stickers off the whiteboard? It's going to be really hard. I, I assume there's a million different people that are inside the government and have been inside of the government structure forever that will do everything they can to stop him at every turn. But just the fact that he's attempting to do these things and pushing in that general direction, it's hard to see how they can make the country worse. I, you know, at the very least, they take a little bit less of your money. I will tell you this. It is like never before uh, you are going to be assassinated uh, politically. Your reputation, your life, everything will be assassinated by the press and by the left. And if you get these people in who are serious about taking apart the Fed and some of these things that are absolute institutions that are deep you start having a president take on the intelligence community here in america you may be looking at worse than a political assassination that's really dangerous to do and i never thought i'd feel that way in america but i do
Don't you? It, it is. Yeah. I mean, it is. Uh, I mean, look what they did to Donald Trump. And look what you th- what I think they're willing to do to Donald Trump. Somebody steps up and is effective at taking on the deep state. God help him. God help him. There's a lot. Yeah. I mean, like you're standing up against people who have entrenched interest in something that you don't want. And you're trying to de- you're trying to destroy and their they have eyes. all kinds of power, all sorts of power. Yeah. I mean, that's what we, one of the first things we talked about with Donald Trump and in a critical way at some level was to say, hey, like you better be sure if you're going to uh, critique our, our, our and a critique is not the right word for what Donald Trump was doing, but like. Go after the intelligence agencies. Yeah. Because they're not going to sit back and just let that go on. You better be sure. Now, he did it anyway, and he had to deal with the effects of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's a risky strategy. At times, it feels like, you know what? It really does need to be done. And I'm glad he's done it. But he's dealt with lots of uh, personal discomfort and continues to over, I believe, uh, those attacks at the beginning and, and more as he went on. I mean, like, the, they're not going to just give up their power. That's not what happens. I know. I wish we just cobbled together a coalition. I really do. I wish we... I, I, uh, Donald Trump is so focused now, has to be, so focused on what's going on in his life. Mm-hmm. I wish we would put a coalition together where everybody gets behind somebody and, and just says, okay... What's best for the country? All of us getting together right now and developing something that a majority of Americans can get behind. Because I, I just, I won't believe it. If, if this guy, Joe Biden, can win, I mean, I've never seen a guy who has done this with war and made things as unstable do well in a presidential election. Never seen a yeah. president who has an economy like this do well in a presidential election. I've never seen a guy who is more incompetent do well in. <laughs> I mean, this guy has everything going against him and it's still competitive. How's that possible? Just how is that possible? You're listening to the best of Glenn Beck. Need a little more? Check out the full show podcast. So they're close to a release of a fourth hostage group. Hamas is asking for more time. Looks like the world is going to do that. Biden administration is now actively working to extend the truth. Uh, I hope Israel does what it feels it needs to do for its security. And damn the rest of the world. I know that's horrible to say if you're somebody who has a member of your family as a hostage. Um, but at least in America, we've, well, up until this administration, we never dealt with hostage takers. We didn't do it. It doesn't set a good example. Uh, and it will only lead to worse things. But as we look at some of the people coming back, among the grander disasters, we see the personal tragedies and 
it, it, we see it so much, it's hard to even um, focus on one story of one kind or another. The illness, the rape, the abuse, the wars. The list of what people can do to other people is enormous. And the problem, I think, is that none of us ever really follow up on it, especially the long term. We'll tell you about the hostages released. But are we going to go back in three or four years and see what happened to them? What happened to that woman who was raped in Chicago? The man that was beaten and mugged in New York? The children that are rescued from abuse or sex slavery? We might see the rescue, but we don't follow up. Did they get better? Did they rebuild their lives? Did they move on? Do they perhaps even turn their story into something positive for themselves or others somehow? Or did they forever remain scarred? Because I think this is the important thing. Over the Thanksgiving holiday, I was especially grateful for forgiveness and a chance to start all over again. I can't imagine if I just would have wallowed in my own garbage, which was a choice. Will people become bitter and angry at themselves, at society, the world at large, God? Will they forever be ruled by their past post-traumatic nightmares? Are their lives just going to be nothing but a long memory of pain? And can we blame them, really? Or will we celebrate the lives of those who died the lives of those who struggle, all those who are suffering today that might take that experience to help others so all that suffering is not in vain. Even if it's just help themselves, they stand up, they speak, they live, and they do it to show that the hell that is life can be overcome. I have had um, many cryptic conversations about my children over the years, um, especially as they have gotten older. And if you're a longtime listener of this program, you know that we have had um, very frightening um, issues with uh, a couple of my kids in particular. I went to Tony Robbins with my son. And I called Tony and I said, Tony, these are some of the problems. And he said, Glenn, take your son, come with him. He said, I'd be shocked if that didn't turn around. I have never seen a bigger turnaround in anyone like I've seen in my son. It is, it's remarkable I was standing next to him. We're, what, 14,000 people. And Tony at one point has you scream out your, your biggest obstacle. And just scream it out. And I'm screaming something, and my son's screaming something. And I listen, I hear my son say something... Something uh, in regards to 
I can be greater than my father. Something like that. Which I was both humbled and horrified by. Because I just, my son just needs to be himself and he'll be greater than me. Just, just be you. He's changed. And I credit Tony for this. It is, it's remarkable to see him go from a young man, confused, lost, on the trail, off the trail, on the trail, off the trail, to a kid that is just a man who is determined to do whatever it is he sets his mind to without hesitation. I mean, he's walking straighter. It's, it's remarkable. And this is a kid who have at times been completely hopeless and thinking, I'll never amount to anything. I'll never do anything. Why even try? Because I'll never amount. Somebody who has a kid filled himself with just this negative tape of not being worthy. And we tried and tried and tried and tried and tried. And this worked. At least as long as he chooses to do it. I think that is the point. He didn't change. He just stopped believing the lies that he was telling himself. And he just started to believe, oh, I can do it. In a world that teaches us that you are not good enough. I mean, this is the point of advertising. You are not complete unless you wear this brand, buy this brand, go to this place, vacation, look, your, your living room looks like this. Even your smile is a certain way on Facebook. Everything is telling you you're not enough. And then on top of it, it feels at times like the world is just turning inside out and doing all kinds of things to you. You're like, really, God? Do I need this too? Really? Seriously? Thank you. Thank you. Some people just accept it. Oh, that's God's will. No, God's not going to give you something you can't handle. But it, it's true, I think. You know, I'm not God, obviously, um, and I don't, I don't know his will. Um, I, I, barely, I certainly don't know it for you because I barely know it for me, honestly. Other than we're supposed to be happy and productive. We're supposed to do good things. It's, it's amazing to me how many things our body does that reinforce good things you exercise you feel better 
it creates endorphins that all of a sudden your mood goes up. You go serve people. It does the same thing. It rewards you for doing the good things. It's an amazing system. I don't know how anybody can say that there is no God. But we're not here to have passive acceptance. Yeah, well, I'm never going to make it. And well, that's God's will. No. No, I mean, we have to accept the things that we can't change, but we also have to look at the things we can change. This is one of the reasons I have a hard time sometimes with this job, because I'm telling you a lot of the things that you can't change. I mean, you might be able to change them with the election. But that's not where you're going to find your answers. You're not going to find them in the next politician. And so I feel defeated sometimes because I feel like I'm not giving you any answers that are worth anything at all. But then again, we all affect each other's lives. We all, we're all here for a reason, and it's spiritually healthy to remember that we don't have the final say, or we don't control the final outcomes. Sometimes our best efforts fail. Sometimes our best intentions are for nothing. Sometimes our prayers are answered in the negative But it's also important to spin things around and maybe think that things aren't being done to you. But perhaps if we just look at life and saying, this is happening for me, it will require sacrifice and suffering and faith and everything else. But maybe if we choose to see it in a different light, we'll be better. If we're hungry, maybe we feed the poor. We care for the orphan. We protect the widow. We love the stranger. If we're in such a bad, dark place, wouldn't it make it easier for us to see others in that place? And relate to them unlike anyone else can relate. Over the holiday. I thought of faith. Being an active. Thing. To do the job that. We feel God has given us and if it's good and it lifts people if it builds and not destroys. It makes things better. It's probably God's will, especially if you don't want to do it. It's definitely. But it doesn't have to be active outside. It needs to be active in us. We survive. We make it. And it makes future generations smarter. And stronger, should we choose. 
my addiction, my abuse to alcohol and everything else, all the bad things, it turns out I can break the pattern of generational addiction, abuse. I can break that pattern. But more importantly, perhaps in some ways that happened for me. At least that's the way I interpret it. So I can relate. I can help. Whatever is happening in your life is happening for you, at least in part. In a world where babies get sick and die, a drunk driver will leave you in a lifelong coma. Hamas can do what it did on October 7th. God's not to blame for anything and everything. There is human evil. God built a world where we all have free choice for good or for evil. And all of our actions have consequences, and we focus on the evil. But he made us able to choose what to make of all of this. Maybe all of the things that are happening, I mean, I don't know if anybody else has felt this way, but it's all broken. The principles aren't broken. What we've done to the principles. We just started building houses on the beach. We're like, yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, no, I understand, uh, you know, the concept of a strong foundation, but I'm going to build it here on the beach. That was our choice. And now we're just reaping the consequences of those choice. But perhaps as we all share this pain and this path, we can be somebody else's opportunity. If we choose our tragedy, our lives can happen for us and others as well, and no longer just to us. Na, na, na.